You know, the crisis is over. You can dream. You can go out and play. You can have everything you want in life. So this prophet generation that's born in the 40s and 50s is born with the idea that, wow, everything is possible. We can do everything. We have the support of our parents. And, but at the same time, the artist generation born in the 20s and 30s, they are now, they are now collectively fused together and they are looking for institutions to rebuild so that we don't have another crisis. They, this artist generation of the 20s and 30s, they want, they want government to be stronger. They want religious institutions to be stronger. They want the medical institution to be strong. They want institutions to be strong because they don't want to go to another crisis. They're just coming out of one. So they put a lot of trust in institutions and generally did not question them. So the children born in the 40s and 50s watched their parents silently not challenge anything. And you can't blame them, but they just came out of a hard time. So who wants to be complaining when you just came out of a crisis era? But these children in the 40s and 50s, they don't know that part. They're growing up and they're not quite seeing that the institution is what it is. You know, they're, they're seeing the things that, you know, like, they're, they're questioning the parents, like, you know, well, what about this, or what about that, you know, you, you believe so much in this, in this religion thing, or this politic thing, but, but haven't you noticed this, and haven't you noticed that, and the artist generation is basically saying, look, you know, just kind of go with it, just be happy that we have some strength now, be happy that we're not in war. So these prophet children, born in the 40s and 50s, when they come of age, in the 60s and 70s, they're challenging everything because their quiet parents weren't challenging everything. And their quiet parents were telling them, you can do whatever you want in life. You can be whatever you want to be. You can have success. You don't have to worry. They, when they come of age, and when we look at the 60s and 70s, both in the United States and here in Ireland, we see a generation of people who are highly outspoken, want to bring down the establishment, want to do things differently, want to live outside of the norm. They don't want to be part of the collective anymore. They want to, they want to have power for the individual. They want to have the contrast. They don't want everything to be community oriented anymore, especially when you have institutions that need to be challenged. They don't want to support these collective institutions and be a part of this. So you had what is known as the next period, the awakening. And during the awakening, the new institutions that have been put into place are now beginning to be challenged. And in the challenging of, and there's, there's a whole cycle to this, that the new system comes in because what doesn't get resolved in the last crisis, just kind of, you let go and you just go into the new season. But this prophet generation that is born during this high now comes of age. 20, 25 years later, they're going into college. So now you have these campus revolts and you have students protesting and because they don't understand why their parents are so silent. They don't understand why their parents are so trusting of the institution or so supportive, even if they're not trusting, they're supportive of the institution because they want institutions to be strong so that they don't have to go through a crisis again. The children knowing nothing about the crisis now come of age and they're challenging the institution and everything that's wrong with it, and everything that's wrong about it. During this time, the awakening, 
a new generation is being born in the shadow of these parents who are challenging everything. And this period from the 1960s to the through the 1970s is when the next generation is born. And this is the nomad generation. These children are born during a time where their parents are challenging everything. <laughs> and they were born during a time when their parents weren't challenging anything. So these nomad children born in the 60s and 70s are collectively watching the next generation above them just challenging everything. They want to tear down whole institutions and you know we're just kids. I'm from, I'm from this nomad generation. We're just kind of like, whoa. We need to And what they also instill in us is a sense of, you need to be your own individual. You need to think for yourself. You know, it's the opposite of what we've, we're, we're, we're now moving away from the crisis. So community isn't that important anymore. You need to think for yourself. You need to go in yourself and, and, and understand who you are. You know, these are the hippie 60s and 70s. We're breaking away from community now. We're going through a different season. It's summertime. Everything is great. You know, there's abundance everywhere. Everything is possible. And the nomad generation ends up feeling ever more alienated because there's a sense of go into yourself, be who you are, and, and, and you got to grow up quick because we're going to be more successful than our parents and you're going to be more successful than we are. So there's this great sense of pressure that's put on the kids born in the 60s and 70s by these other kids that are born in the 40s and 50s who are challenging their parents born in the, in, in the 20s and 30s. There's this progression forward of getting away from a sense of community and going into the individual is all important. Hence all of the stuff that came out of the 60s and 70s, the consciousness re re revolution and, and all of these uh, yoga practices and everything just became Eastern and, and you got to meditate and go into yourself and all. So these children growing up in the 60s and 70s got an ever present sense of you gotta go it alone. Hence the reason why they are archetypally the nomad generation. They come of age in the 80s and 90s. And when you look at the 80s and 90s, it's a mess. <laughs> Utter greed, selfishness, everyone's got to be dressed differently. If you go back to the 30s and 40s, and uh, if you go back to the 20s, 30s and 40s, people are wearing uniforms. People are dressing the same. We are a community. You go to the opposite end in the beginning of the fall season where everything is unraveling and it's known as the unraveling and everything seems like it's falling apart. Everybody's an individual. Everybody's dressing differently. It's no longer about the collective. It's about me, 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 me. In fact, there's books written like the me generation. You know, Generation X because they didn't even know we were here. You know, when they started talking about Generation X, the idea was, was there even a generation born yet? You know, we weren't even looked at. So we, as a generation, were pretty much grown up with a sense of alienation because we just had to survive and figure out on our own how to get by and everyone's out for themselves. Mind you, it's fall. In the 80s and 90s, the fall season in the human cycle came into play. And in the fall, you harvest. In the fall, there is abundance. But this abundance is scarce because you need to harvest. So in the 80s and 90s, you had everybody thinking you can all get rich because there's so much abundance. 
And what happened in the 80s and 90s? We got flooded with all these books, 10 Steps, How to Get Rich and Attract Your Abundance, and we had The Secret, and we had... This was a seasonal phenomenon that was a fall written mostly by the prophet generation. All these books that come at us from Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra and all these people, these are the prophet generation. The ones who grew up being told as children, you can have anything in life, you can do whatever you want, you can be the greatest and all these other things. Now they're flooding us, the next generation, with the how-to books. How we can do it even more than they. How we need to get ahead even more than them. How we have to have the bigger house and the bigger car and the bigger salary. And we're growing up as kids like, can we just play? Can we, can, can we not just have fun? What is all this? What is all this getting ahead in life? I mean, my goodness. And so our generation, this generation, grew up with an, an ever stronger sense of alienation. Like you just got to get out and get your own. And we ended up actually having less. We ended up with smaller salaries because they were gobbling everything up themselves and telling us, telling us how we could do it with the assumption. Now here's the problem. Every single season with every single generation, that generation has the assumption that their ideology will continue. So people in summer, people like the prophets who come of age in the summer in the 60s and 70s, they think the 60s and 70s are never going to end. People go through the 80s and 90s and they think the 80s and 90s are never going to end. People who come of age during this time, they think they've got the formula to keep things going, not being aware that a new season will eventually come into play. The 80s and 90s gave birth to another generation. And those are the children of today who are coming of age either in college campus or down to you know, the, the first years of school. This generation, which is known as the hero generation, they're watching us, the nomads from the, 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 the 60s, 70s, 80s, they're watching us with this ever sense of loneliness and alienation. So their collective sense is community. Everyone seems so scattered that these children, again, doing the opposite, are saying, no, we, we need community. So what do we have? We have an explosion of MySpace, text messages, online forums. These kids are communicating. These kids are collectively, they're not into the alienation solo thing. They're grouping back together. And you know what the miracle of this all is? There's an innate sense that something is happening and hence the reason why we need to do this. This group of this generation and throughout history it cycles back around. This generation is rejecting, because we're on the other half now, is rejecting all of this, this individualism. And they're more into community collective efforts now. Which, are, which is why I absolutely applaud your idea of wanting to create a community space for this next generation of children because that's exactly what they want. They don't want to be the individual anymore. They don't want to be the one who makes it to the top and, and the one who wants to be the greediest. And the, They want to be collectively. We will see soon because, mind you, this now begins to allow us to enter into the realm of prediction because this is a cycle and because we've been here before. We can start looking now and start saying, all right, certain things are going to happen. 
and certain people are going to have certain needs. So these children are going to want to have more of a collective sense. And what you will start seeing is that trends will begin to change. There will be more group singing in, in our music. There, there will be a, a, a softening up of, of music and fashion. You will see amongst the youth, youth less drinking, less drugs. There will be more of a collective community sense because they sense that something's wrong with the picture around them. They sense that something's not quite, quite right about the system and yet they, they may be clueless about economics. They may be clueless about the banks falling apart. But they know amongst themselves, based on the archetypal generations that came before them, that this individualism stuff is not for them. They don't want to feel so alienated. They got two generations of parents and grandparents who are saying, you got to go into yourself, you got to be your own person, but like, I just want to be with my friends. I just want to hang out and, and be part of a group because, you know, and this is happening in their own way. A lot of people from my generation and above look at the kids and they, we feel that they're very disconnected because they're always on the cell phone and they're text messaging or anything. So we think they're disconnected, but they're very connected. They're talking to their friends. They're constantly communicating. They're constantly sent. They're using the technology of the day to allow themselves to feel as part of a collective as opposed to feeling like an individual. They're doing the very opposite of what we think because of our perception. We think, oh, they're alienating themselves. You know, they're into these. No, they're in a sense of community. There's a community of them going on and they're using that technology in order to defy what it is that happened to us in our own sense of alienation. And what's interesting is that these things, when you go back, uh, when you go back 80 years or so, you'll see the same thing happening. I, uh, I um, along with Rachel, we were looking at the, uh, we were looking at the 1910s. And wouldn't you know it, loads of books on mysticism and angels and the science of getting rich. The same exact stuff we're getting flooded with in the 90s and up until recently, till about 2007, around last year, is the same thing that was going on in, in the 1910s.